You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. Before I get into the message today, um, I want to give you an exciting update on our giving campaign. As many of you know, we've been in a giving campaign called God's House, Our Home. We have been leasing the Global Ventures building, which is right here. This is our missions partner that we partner with, amazing group of people. We're leasing this space, uh, but honestly, we're outgrowing this space. <laughs> we, uh, When everybody shows up, we are uh, uh, almost moving into overflow at this point. So that's a, good, that's a good problem to have, everybody. That's a good thing. And so we're leasing this space, but we're, we're believing God for our own space, a spot that uh, we can grow into that can grow with us. Most importantly, right now, the biggest need is that uh, we would have a space that can handle our kids' ministry. Uh, we need to uh, expand our kids' ministry, create more room for our kids' ministry, as we have a lot of young families and growing families in our church, and more families showing up every single week. We need room for our kids, and we're going to invest in our kids, and that's a priority. There's a lot of uh, potential opportunities and properties out there that we've looked at, and uh, some of the always the one of the biggest deal breakers is man, there's just no room for kids, and uh, so for me, then it's not for us because we're going to invest in the next generation. So we've been raising money just to get ready for, Lord, what do you have next for us? If it's purchasing a space, if it's leasing a space, if we need to renovate something, we want to make sure that we're ready to take the next step. And so at the beginning of September, uh, we had $67,000 in our house fund. And our goal was, we felt like God put on our heart to believe for $100,000 by the end of 2023. And so if you were here last Sunday, I'll let you know, um, you know, when we made the graphic, we were just a little bit short, but I'll let you know, last Sunday, we did meet our goal of $100,000. Everybody, come on, somebody. That's good. But we serve a God of abundance who always goes above and beyond anything we'd ask, think, or imagine. And so I want to give you the, the updated total, because what was awesome is even though we hit our goal on the 31st of 2023, December 31st, uh, people continue to give, people continue to um, reach out and say, hey, I just felt led to give this amount. And so if you would, let's have a little fun. Would you do a little drum roll, please, right there? Uh, the current total where we're at right now, go ahead and put it up there, 101,340. Come on, somebody. Isn't God good? God is so faithful. What's awesome is just at the beginning of September to be at $67,000, I remember uh, praying about it, and, and when God said $100,000 by the end of the year, I remember thinking, whew, for a church our size, that's going to be a stretch goal. But um, uh, when you walk in obedience to God, he always provides a way. And, and it's amazing how God has orchestrated all of this to come to pass. And so, man, thank you for your generosity. Uh, obviously, for our house fund, it's going to continue to be left open. And so if you feel led to continue to give uh, ongoing or a monthly gift, uh, no matter how much, it's still going to be set aside. So we'll put those different ways that you can give right up here. Obviously, if you want to give your tithe and your offering, you can do it th the same way right there at our website, or uh, there's an envelope in the seat back in front of you. We're going to keep that open. Right now, our goal is simply this, um, to seek God and uh, to start just walking out some practical next steps. And so we'll, we'll kind of talk about that in a little bit, but we're seeking God to say, Lord, all right, we've, we've, we've done what you've asked us to do. Now, as a leadership team, we're going to seek God and say, Lord, what, what's our next step in looking for pursuing uh, a, a space for our, 
our uh, future church. And so um, it's an exciting time <laughs> to be a part of Abide Church. And so if it's your first time here, man, welcome. God's moving. We're growing. And uh, man, the best is yet to come. The best days are our next days, as we like to say. Let me pray over our giving and just over our church, and then we'll hop into this new teaching series. Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your voice. Lord, I thank you for challenging us with that stretch goal uh, to, for this fundraising goal for our house fund. Lord, we acknowledge that this, uh, this is your house. Um, but you know that we're looking for our home. And so, Lord, as we steward these finances, I pray you give us wisdom. I pray that you would open up uh, uh, doors of, of uh, uh, opportunity, Lord. I pray that you would open up doors for relationships, Lord, that we would talk to the right people at the right time. And, Lord, I thank you that our space uh, to call our own, whatever it may look like, I thank you that it's, it's out there. And so, Lord, I pray that as we walk in obedience to you, as we continue to steward your finances, our kingdom finances, uh, in, in agreement with your word, that you would show us what to do and how to walk this out. And I thank you, Lord, for blessing our church and for blessing all of those that, that sacrificed and gave financially. And I thank you, Lord, that it does not go unnoticed as we take care of your bride, Jesus. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said, amen, amen. Man, it's, what an exciting time. Hey, today we're uh, going to be starting a a uh, brand new teaching series called Multiply. It's called Multiply. And what I like to do is that uh, each year, as we get towards the end of the year, I like to ask God for uh, not a word for the year per se, but more of a foundation word. Lord, what, what is a, a word that we can build the year off of? And that's what I'm asking God for. And um, last year for our church, I did a teaching series um, called Increase for our church. And we talked about, we looked at the verse where it said, uh, he, speaking of Jesus, he must increase, but we must, I must decrease. When we humble ourselves, God can move in our lives. Many times God wants to move, but our pride is keeping him from doing all that he wants to do. And we said, if we'll humble ourselves, God will move. And what I love is that was the foundation word for our year last year. And that's what we've seen in our church is increase. We've seen it um, in attendance, in our volunteers, on our A-team, in our finances, in the number of ministries that we support financially as a ministry. It's amazing how God has increased nearly every area uh, of Abide Church. And so as I was praying, I just felt I, this word um, multiply come on my heart at the, in the middle of November, towards the end of November. And, um, you know, as a pastor, when you hear the word multiply in your mind, you're like, let's go, right? That's amazing. That's a, yeah, we're adding a service, we're adding this ministry, and, and you want to run with it in that sense. But how I know that it's a word from God is when it's followed by um, a job for me, when it requires work from me. Uh, many times you can get into a trap of saying, well, God told me this is going to happen, but there's no responsibility on you to seek him, to walk in obedience, or to do anything. Many times when God spoke to the heroes of the faith, he made a promise, here's what's going to happen, and then here's what you can do right now. <laughs> and so whenever I know, I, I pray, and I hear something, or I sense something in my spirit, I say, Lord, okay, if this is from you, show me what this means. And so um, today, uh, what we're going to do is, if we're, if we're going to acknowledge that something's going to multiply, if God's going to multiply things in our life, if he's going to multiply different aspects of our marriages, if he's going to multiply um, a blessing or favor in our lives, if he's going to multiply his kingdom in our lives, uh, what it's going to start with is a heart issue. It's going to start in here before we ever see anything out here. And so today, we're going to talk about devotion. Part number one of this series is devotion. What does it mean to be devoted to God? Um, and so even that word devoted, it means to be committed to, to be dedicated to. And so today we're going to talk about four steps to develop 
devotion. How do I develop devotion and make sure I'm actually, I can say I'm devoted to God, but how do I know if I really am devoted to God and His Word and His way and everything that I do? And so if you brought your Bible, go to Genesis 32. We're going to read a story from Genesis 32, and it's part of the story of Jacob, uh, one of the heroes of the faith, the story of Jacob. And uh, Jacob was someone who made plenty of mistakes. But here's the encouraging thing. When we look at the, the life of Jacob, he made plenty of mistakes, but God used him. And so I don't know about for you, uh, for me, that's encouraging because I've made plenty of mistakes, but God still is faithful whenever we repent and we run to him. Uh, he made plenty of mistakes. And to kind of catch you up, um, Jacob convinces his brother Esau to give him his birthright. He steals his father's blessing. He runs away like a coward. And now we're at Genesis 32, where um, Jacob has been on the run for 20 years. 20 years, God has prompted Jacob to return to his family, and he makes a promise that it's going to be well with him. But as he's returning, he finds out that Esau is coming to meet him. Esau, his brother that he wronged, that he stole from, is coming to meet Jacob face to face. And so before we get into this, point number one is this. If you're taking notes, number one is humility. The first step to developing devotion is humility. Humility. It's easy to be devoted to God and to someone when you humbly, humbly understand that you don't deserve God's kindness. It's easy for me to be devoted to God when I understand, I, I, I humble myself and I understand, I don't deserve his kindness, I don't deserve his goodness, I don't deserve his blessing, I don't deserve his salvation, it's a free gift to me, but I get to be invited into it anyway. It's easy for me to follow a God that says, look, you don't deserve this. I've, I've lifted all the heavy weights for you. Will you accept this free gift of my goodness, my salvation, and my kingdom? And will you walk into it? It's easy. And so let's look at this. We see this in the life of Jacob in this story. In Genesis 32, I'm going to start in verse 6. It says, Then the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to your brother Esau, and he also is coming to meet you. And 400 men are with him. So Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. Stop here for a second. I think we would all be in the same spot Jacob's at right here. Jacob has wronged Esau. He's been on the run for 20 years. Now he finds out, yeah, God said go back to your family. And he finds out Esau is actually going to come to meet him, and he's bringing 400 men with him. What do we think is going to happen, right? He's coming. My brother is coming uh, to right the wrong that I've done. He's going to come slaughter my entire family, steal, plunder, do anything that he wants with 400 men, 400 warriors. He's greatly afraid and distressed. Look at verse 9. Then Jacob said, he turns to God, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, he's reminding God of his word. He said, did you not say, return to your country and to your family and I will deal well with you. Verse 10, what's he say? I am not worthy of the least of all these mercies and of all the truth which you have shown your servant. He reminds God of his word, and then what does he do? He immediately says, Lord, I'm not worthy of your goodness. I've made plenty of mistakes. I understand that the things that you've given me, the truth, the mercies that you've shown in my life, I'm not worthy of it, but I'm thankful for it. And so I think this, every journey of faith into God's plan for your life it starts with an attitude of saying, God, I am not worthy. God, I don't deserve this. God, I cannot earn this. But in your kindness and in your faithfulness, God, will you remember your promises to me? Will you remember your promises in your word? Will you bless my family? Will you bring salvation if I humble myself and I turn towards you? Every journey of faith begins with that attitude right there. Lord, I don't deserve this, but I acknowledge that I need you more than anything else in this earth. You cannot get breakthrough, though, 
until you get honest. You see, everyone wants the blessing of God without the humility in themselves. Lord, give me the blessing, and God's saying, but will you humble yourself and go and tell that person that you've wronged that you're sorry? You want the blessing, but will you humble yourself and admit you were wrong? You want the blessing, but will you forgive that person that has wronged you? Everyone wants the blessing of God, but you can't have breakthrough until you get honest, and God can't fix what you fake. God can't fix what you fake. Until I say, Lord, I'm not worthy. Lord, I am down here, and you are up there. Will you just have your way in my life? Then God can begin a process in your life that brings drastic change. Humility is the first step in leading to devotion. It gets me on a path that says, Lord, I am following you no matter what because I acknowledge I don't know everything and you do. I don't know what's best, you do. All right, not my fine human mind, but your uh, infinite wisdom I am trusting and I'm gonna follow you. Step number two is this, is wrestling. And this is where it gets interesting. Step number two is wrestling. Or if you grew up like we did, maybe call it wrestling, right? Anybody? <laughs> wrestling. This is an interesting, interesting story from the Old Testament, but we can look at the principles of this story, and it, it applies to our lives today. So let's look at it. In Genesis 32, we're going to go down to verse 24 now. It says, so Jacob's getting, getting things in order, and he's getting prepared. And in verse 24, it says, then Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Man, capital M, this is the pre-incarnate Christ. A man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he, capital H, so we could say Christ, now when Christ saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, Christ touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. Stop here for a second. Have you ever read the Bible and you thought to yourself, what is going on here? <laughs> Jacob is wrestling with God. What an interesting, what a strange, if you will, idea, right? God, who created the universe, who created all things in one breath, he is wrestling with a man named Jacob, and he lets him wrestle with him for an entire night. What is going on here? What is happening here? Right? I, you know, you have a many, everybody has their own perspective of what this might look like in the natural, but it's an interesting thought. But here's what I would say. When you mature in your faith, you begin to understand this story. The more that you mature in your faith, the longer you've walked with God, you begin to understand this story, because I will tell you something, there, are, there have been days and there have been nights where I have not wrestled with God in the natural, but there have been days and there have been nights where I have wrestled with God in prayer. There have been days and there have been nights where my family has gone to bed and I've stayed in the living room because I had a burden on me to pray for something and I didn't know how things were going to work out and all I could do was get physically on my face and pray and say, Lord, not my will, but your will. And just cry out to God and say, Lord, would you move? And say, Lord, I'm not, I'm not getting up until I hear your voice. There has been days and there has been nights where I've wrestled with God in prayer, where I've contended for the promises that he has made. And what I've come to realize is that God invites us into the struggle to develop the deep things in our hearts. 
God invites us into the struggle to say, are you, it's almost a question, are you willing to fight for it? How devoted are you to seeing the will of God done in your life? Are you willing to wrestle a little bit? Are you willing to, to go uh, to war a little bit for these things? And some ideas, some, some dreams are so deep inside of us that the only way that they can rise to the top is through conflict. Is if God sometimes shakes the foundation of our life and he says, there's a dream in there. There's a promise in there, but you've, not, you've stopped fighting for it. We could just fight for it. Not that he's causing harm or destruction in our life to get our attention or giving us some type of sickness or, or disease to get our attention. No, but that in the everyday struggle sometimes, there's these weights in, in the spiritual realm that we say, Lord, I just don't know. I just got to, I'm going to fight until this weight is lifted, until something shifts in the spirit. And some of the things that God's put in our heart, they're so deep in here that they can only rise through conflict. And what if what you struggle with and what you fight for, what if it testifies to the redemptive gift that you carry? Meaning this, we don't wrestle with God to twist his arm and to get our way. That's not why we're wrestling. Hear me in this. We don't wrestle with God sometimes to change his opinion or to eke out one more blessing. That's not it. We don't wrestle with God to change his will to match ours. That's not it. God invites us, though, to contend in order to demonstrate his faithfulness. It's so much deeper than what we think. It's not just wrestling with God and, well, if I can win, then I get what I want. No, God sometimes invites us in to contend for things in, 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 in life to demonstrate his faithfulness to us, there's gonna be some struggles that happen. Sometimes it's with God. Sometimes God is using something else to work something in your life. In fact, Jesus, uh, in fact, let me, go to, let me go here, Philippians 3. It says this, Philippians 3, verse 13, Paul says, I press on that I may lay hold for that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Paul says, I have laid hold and Christ has laid hold of me. That word laid hold in the original language says to, is to catch, to capture, to seize, or I love this, to aggressively take. What's he say? Christ has, but also I may lay hold of that which. I may aggressively pursue, go after, catch, and take. And when God gives you a promise, there is a reason now for which you go to war. And if you've lived long enough and you've walked with God long enough, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Have you ever been so desperate for a promise from God that you're willing to go to war? Think about your life. Have there been those times in your life where you say, I'm willing to go? Do you have a, maybe you have a prodigal son or a daughter who's far from God. You know what I'm talking about. I'm re- I'll go to war for them. I'll wrestle in the spiritual realm for them. Maybe you've had a loved one who's been on their deathbed. You know what I'm talking about. You've ready to go to war. Maybe you've dealt with a demonic oppression that's coming against you and against your family. You're ready to go to war. Maybe you just don't know how to make ends meet. You don't know what's going to happen because of situations in your life, and you say, I'm willing to go to war. What I've realized is in the wrestling, in the contending, wrestling develops devotion because it raises the question, Am I willing to spiritually fight for this? And in modern Christianity, what happens is we've made it so soft and so easy that if I make a half-hearted prayer and God didn't show up, it must not be God's will. And I'm going to show you in Scripture where he says, are you willing to have a little bit of a fight in here to see his kingdom come? Because read the New Testament. What, What apostle... What hero of the faith, what church did not have a little bit of 
gut fight in them to say, I don't care what they do to me, I'm going to spread the good news of Jesus. I don't care what they do to me, I'm going to live it out. And that's the invitation. It's not easy button Christianity. It's saying, are you willing to wrestle if I have to, to see the promises of God come to pass? Point number three is this, though, blessing. The steps to developing devotion spiritually, number one is humility. Number two, it's wrestling. Am I willing to fight for it? But number three is blessing. And this is where it gets really good and it gets really interesting in the life of Jacob. Blessing. Let's continue Genesis 32 in verse 26 now. And he, I'm using the New King James because it capitalized that H there so we know. He, Christ, said, let me go for the day breaks. Let me go for the day breaks. They've been wrestling all night. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So Christ said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And Christ said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, man. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Let me break this down here. God is looking for people who will say, even though it's tough, even though it's strenuous, even though it might be a fight, I'm not leaving, I'm not moving without a blessing, without a breakthrough, even if it takes all night to receive it. Even if it takes all night. And night, not just a physical night. You may be in a season where it felt like a spiritual night. It's been a year of nighttime in your life, it feels like. But I think oftentimes God's looking for the devotion in our heart to say, I don't care how long it is. I will fight until daybreak, until the light breaks out into my situation. And I'm willing to go. I'm not leaving. I'm not moving. I'm not going, Lord, until something changes for your will to be done in this situation as it is in heaven. And this is why God has called our church, Abide Church, God showed us three and a half years ago. He said, look, people are visiting me on Sunday, but they're not abiding in me every day. And there is something to be said about abiding, which means to dwell, to remain, to be unmovable, to say, I'm staying here. I'm staying planted. And I don't care what storm comes. I don't care what battle comes. I don't care what comes my way, what temptation may come. I will not be moved. And if it's a fight to stay right here, I'll stay right here. You can't move me. You can't shake me. I will stay here. Victory belongs to the persistent and to the spiritually stubborn sometimes to say, I won't move. So my prayer for you today is this, don't give up. Maybe you're in a night season where you feel like you've been wrestling, you've been striving, you've been contending, and you just don't know. It feels dark and the day hasn't broke just yet. Don't give up. Don't give up. Because here's what we see. God's about to change your name. What is that? Identity. You see, Jacob began wrestling as Jacob, but God changed his name to Israel. And in changing his name, he changed his trajectory of his life. The purpose was revealed. And now through Israel, everything is birthed. The blessing of God, the promise of God, the plan of God, the Messiah, all here now. 
Don't give up. He's about to change your name. Not in the natural, but in here. What's your name? It's what you call yourself. Some of you, you've been wrestling so long in, in a dark season, in a nighttime, that you've been wrestling and you've been calling yourself the wrong name. You've been calling yourself an old name. Not good enough. Not worthy. I've not been forgiven. I'm addicted. Not pretty. Too fat, too skinny, whatever it might be. Whatever that label is that the devil's put on you, maybe you put on yourself. But where the name is changed is in the fight. The blessing and the name change. What? Am I willing to fight? Am I willing to struggle? Am I willing to abide, to remain, to stay? Don't give up before the day breaks. And you may say, I don't, I don't know how much strength I got left. I know. Take it one day at a time. That's all I can tell you. There's been times in my life where that's all I could tell myself. My mom would pray that over us and she would encourage me and Leslie in seasons we've been in, she just says, you're one day closer. Because you don't have all the answers sometimes, but when you have people around you that remind you, look, you may still be fighting, but don't stop fighting. You may still be striving. You may still be contending for the blessing of God, for the promise of God to come through. Don't stop. Don't stop. Do not stop until day breaks because you could be mere moments away from transformation and from light breaking out in your dark season. Don't stop. You could be moments away right now and not even know. Why is Jacob wrestling? For you, you may say, why has my season been such a fight right now? Jacob realizes in this moment when his name is changed that the struggle wasn't about him and his past mistakes. The struggle he's, he's, he's wrestling with, he's fighting with God, it's not about him even. It's about the potential that comes from him. It's the ripple effect. The struggle was about the ripple effect coming from him being who God had called him to be. A nation would be birthed from him. A nation would be birthed. And from that nation, the Messiah. And so the ripple effect of your devotion in to contend with God goes far beyond your lifetime. Why am I fighting? Why, why, what's the point of me continuing to fight? Why would I stay in the fight? Why do I continue to wrestle? Why do I keep doing this? Because the ripple effect of you contending for the things of God goes far beyond anything you could ever imagine. It goes far beyond you when you pass away and see Jesus face to face. It goes far beyond. And so you have a family member depending on you, whether you know it or not. You may have a friend in your life who they're, they're only alive today because of the hope that they see in you. They look at your life and they say, man, I, I want that. They're not, they may not be ready to come home to Jesus yet, but they see a hope in you and they want it. Don't give up. The wrestling and the struggle is worth it if only to see God's face. And this is what we see in the story, Genesis 32, verse 29. Then Jacob asked saying, tell me your name, I pray. <laughs> He's wrestling with, with Christ, tell me your name. And Christ said, what is it that you ask about my name? Here's what he's saying. You already know. You know who I am. You know my name. You know who I am. And Christ blessed him there. So Jacob called the name of that place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. 
man, the wrestling, the contending, the fighting for it is worth it, if anything, to see God face to face. Because some of the times that I have experienced the presence of God in the most intimate ways has been when it's been the darkest of night in my life. When all I could do was cry and get on my knees and pray and worship and say, Lord, I don't even have words to pray. Will you just help? Those are the moments that I've experienced the presence of my Savior in a deeper way than I could have ever imagined. Step number four is this, limping. Limping. Number one is humility. Number two is wrestling. Number three is blessing. Number four is limping. Limping. Genesis 32, verse 31. An interesting note for this story, if you will. Genesis 32, 31. Just as he crossed over Penuel, the sun rose on Jacob and he limped on his hip. He's wrestled with Christ and God moves his, his hip out of joint. He limps on his hip. I'm gonna tell you something, contending and wrestling with God, it will mark you and you may walk with a spiritual limp, but your wounds and what you've been through are not symbols of failure, but they're the testimony of God's grace. That's what we see in this story. Jacob limps and it's not a mark of failure. He didn't lose. He saw his savior face to face. He saw God face to face. And now he walks with this limp and he knows I've contended with God. My, I've seen him face to face. My life is preserved. And now I may walk with a limp, but I'm still walking. I may walk with a limp, but I have a new identity. I'm no longer Jacob. My name is Israel. And God's doing something. He's moving. There's value in that which you carry. And I can tell you this. Me personally, I spiritually, I walk different today than I did three and a half years ago when we started Abide Church. I walk like a man who has wrestled with God and I've wrestled with others, but I have prevailed. And in those wrestling moments, I have over, I'm overcome with the awe that I have seen God face to face and I have lived and I have been blessed for it. And I'll tell you this, there are times where you gotta be committed to, committed to contending even through the pain. I told you there's moments where I've been face down just on my living room floor, just praying, pleading, contending. There are times a few years ago where I started these things I just call a prayer walk where I'll go walk around this park by our house. And as I start, I just tell, I tell God, I said, Lord, I'm not stopping walking until I hear your voice. Sometimes it's 15 minutes and sometimes it's a few hours. I'm not stopping until I hear your voice. I'm, I'm desperate for you, Lord. I'm devoted to hearing and being close to you, Lord. If you follow Jesus, you will walk with the spiritual limp. In fact, I would say this, I'm not sure I trust someone's devotion to Jesus unless they walk with a spiritual limp. Because Jesus said this, here on earth, in John 16, 33, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. What did Jesus say? You will have troubles. Stuff's gonna happen. 
The enemy's gonna come after you. You live in a fallen world. Things are gonna try to come on you. Stuff, it will, it will happen. You will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. And the question is this, where is the generation who walks with a limp spiritually and they're fine with it. They're fine with others seeing it because it's a testament to wrestling all night with God. And it's proof that you refuse to give up because of your devotion to him, your devotion to his kingdom. Where's a generation that says, yeah, I mean, I've been through some stuff, but it's for God's glory. I would do it again if I had to. I will contend again if I have to. I know that I walk different now. I know that I talk different now. I know that my heart is different than it used to be because of what I've been through. I know that I walk with a spiritual limp, but it doesn't embarrass me because it's the mark that God has drawn close to me and I've seen his precious face. This is exactly what Paul was talking about when people were questioning his apostleship and his devotion and he simply says, in short, he turns around and he says, look at my back. Look, look at what I've done. Look at where I've been. Look at what I have gone through. And in Galatians 6, 17, here's what he says. He says, from now on, don't let anyone trouble me with these things. For I bear on my body, look at this, the scars that show I belong to Jesus. The scars that show I belong to Jesus. See, this, this verse is not a popular one that we like to talk about and say, how does that apply to my life? But I think the invitation of what we're seeing in this principle is, am I willing to contend and develop my devotion to see God's kingdom come, his will be done on this earth as it is in heaven? That's the prayer. Paul says, look, you wanna know if I'm devoted? Look what I'm willing to go through. Look what I'm willing, look at my back. Look, what I'm, look at the scars they show. What's he saying? He's saying, look at my limp. Look at my spiritual limb. I've gone through some things, but guess what? I'm still walking. God's still using me. And I'm telling you something today, church. If you're wrestling with God, if you're contending for things from God or with God, don't stop now. Let it develop your devotion. Contend until daybreak. In our passage here, what happens is it ends with Jacob and Esau. Jacob thinks Esau's gonna come and slaughter me with 400 men. But that night he wrestles with God and finally him and Esau come face to face. And by the time Esau sees Jacob, Esau, his brother who was wronged, he runs to Jacob. He embraces him. He hugs him. He kisses him. Here's Jacob. He says, I thought you were gonna kill me. And Esau says, I'm not here to hurt you. I'm just glad that you're home and you're okay. It's a picture of the prodigal son in the New Testament. I've messed up. I'm, what did he say? What did the prodigal son say? I'm not worthy to be called your son. It was the first step to going back home and being devoted to his father. Humility. I'm not worthy. What did Jacob say to God? Lord, I'm not worthy. It was the first step that started a snowball of events that weren't easy, but that led him to restoration, new identity, new purpose and the blessing of God being able to be used by God in an incredible way. So here's what I'm saying. This foundation word, multiply, that sounds great. It sounds great. But when you know it's a word from God, when it requires a little bit of work from me, work from you, 
If we want God to be multiplied in our lives, if we want the portions of our marriages to be multiplied, the unity to be multiplied, the intimacy to be multiplied, if we want our families to be multiplied, favor, finances, whatever you're believing for this year, if you want it to be multiplied in agreement with God's word, it begins with a devoted heart. Because here's what scripture says, 2 Corinthians 16, 9. It says, for the eyes of the Lord roam throughout the earth to show himself strong for those who are wholeheartedly devoted to him. God is looking and he's saying, I, are, you, are you willing to go all in? Are you willing to contend? Are you willing to pray? Are you willing to dismiss sleep so you can be in my presence? What are you willing to do to see his kingdom come? So how do we develop devotion? I just gave you four steps, humility. It's easy to be devoted when I remember I don't deserve it. I didn't earn it, but God invited me into salvation. Number two is wrestling. I develop my devotion and my willingness to continue to contend for the things of God. Three is blessing. I develop devotion when I realize the blessing that God has bestowed upon me when I didn't deserve it. Finally, limping. And this is a big one. Because what you've been through, God can use as your testimony. It's not your identity, but it's a part of what God did in your story. Jacob's identity was Israel, not limping Jacob. He's a new person now. He's a new creation now. He's, he's got a new name, a new purpose. But I keep my devotion. When I look at where I've been, and even though it has marked me, even though it might have wounded me, that mark symbolizes the grace, the favor, the blessing of God. And most importantly, if I contend until daybreak, those marks on my life spiritually mark and remind me that I've seen my Savior face to face. Because in the valley of the shadow of death, he's with us as I walk through. I don't stay in the valley. I walk through with him. And as we go through together, and as we see these things through together, at the end of it, I can say, man, Lord, I'm devoted to you. And I don't care how difficult it may seem sometimes. I'm staying here until I see your kingdom come, your will be done. In my life, in my marriage, in my church, in my kid's life, I'll stay here and I'll contend until daybreak. And that's my prayer. If we're gonna see multiplication in our lives, in our church, in your marriage, in your life personally, whatever it is, where's the start? Devotion in here. Let's be a church body that's got a little bit of fire in our gut to say, I'm willing to contend for whatever God has for me. And I won't stop until I see it come to pass. Amen. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for these stories that we can see the principles of your kingdom and we can apply them to our lives. Lord, I pray for clarity right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that as we receive your word, would you help us see how it applies to our life, God? Help us, to see, help us to see how to apply it. Help us to see how to walk in it. And Lord, I pray for just strength and encouragement and boldness through the power of your Holy Spirit for those of us that are in this spot, Lord, that may be contending, still contending for things, whether it's a prodigal son or a daughter, maybe it's a, an unanswered prayer that hasn't come yet, Lord. Maybe it's a financial issue. Maybe it's a marriage issue. Lord, I pray, would you give us strength through your Holy Spirit today as our helper. Give us strength to continue to contend, to continue to fight until your kingdom come, till that blessing is released, the breakthrough comes. And Lord, we acknowledge in humility 
that we're nothing without you. We just want to be invited close to you to see you face to face. I thank you for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.